0: Hello, and welcome to the Tech.eu podcast with myself, Neil Murray, and Roxanne Vaza. Hi, Roxanne.
1: Hi, Neil. So, this week we will cover a new Berlin based VC fund called Blue Yard. We'll take a look at the UK's record year in VC funding. And finally, Techstar's map of over 300 Europe based investors. We'll have a discussion about that. We will also take a look at a new person of the week, which will be somebody very influential in Croatia's angel investment scene. And finally, we'll wrap it up with Estonia's e citizen system and kind of what's become of it over the last few years. So turning our attention to Berlin's new early-stage VC fund, so that's Blue Yard. It's founded by former VCs from early bird capital, so Kieran O'Leary and Jason Whitmire have raised $120 million for their new fund. The fund plans to invest across all of Europe, and some have speculated that investments will be both seed and series A spanning from the 500k to 5 million range so rather wide it seems they've also brought on board former living social exec and 6 wonder kinder CTO so that's Chad Fowler who is joining the fund as a venture partner and there isn't a lot of information on the company website actually there's almost none but Kieran has detailed the project on his blog berlinvc.com in almost a manifesto style article detailing what their mindset is really about so They discuss transparency, partnership with startups, a lot of the same stuff you actually hear most VCs talk about without going into too much detail.
0: Yeah, I mean, I found some of the kind of the language and what they talked about actually a little hard to kind of decipher in terms of what it actually means. But something I did pull out from that blog post was that they mentioned that a lot of that thinking had come from USV, actually, and you know, a the conversations they'd had with them. That's, of course, Union Square Ventures, a fund that we've talked about on the podcast before, a fund that is increasing their investments in Europe, 25% of their investments are now in Europe, and a lot of those are in Germany. So I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Blue Yard and USV kind of work together. I was accused of conjecture when I tweeted about this, but I don't think it's a big jump to take when they specifically mention them in their kind of opening pitch, if you like, in terms of how they've shaped their thinking. So I think we'll see USV perhaps invest even more in Europe this year and partner with Blue Yard, maybe even in their first couple of investments. That's definitely worth keeping an eye on, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and a couple of the other bloggers that have gone into the launch of Blue Yard have said that they're looking a lot for European or German-based companies that are looking to expand to the U.S., so I don't think it would be very surprising to see them partner up with USV. I think we'll definitely have to stay tuned in the upcoming months, but this adds another fund to the wave of the new VC funds in Europe that include names like Felix and Mosaic in London, we have Daphne in Paris, and there are probably going to be many more sprouting up around Europe in the months to come. Now we'll turn our attention to the UK, which had a record year in startup funding. So Britain as a whole attracted over 2.46 billion pounds in venture capital funding. I guess it's no surprise that London got a majority. So that was about 60% of the capital going to London-based startups. What is very impressive is actually that the funding is up 70% from the previous year. So that is a huge increase. And unsurprisingly, there were some rather huge rounds in the UK last year. So I think that probably also really contributed to to this big increase. So we have big rounds like Funding Circles, $150 round, delivery, which had several rounds of funding last year, but the big one was the $100 round. And there were many others. In fact, actually, the top 10 funding rounds in the UK in 2015 amount to $873 million. So that is a huge chunk, actually, of all the funding. And the most active investor in the UK was Index Ventures, which participated in 12 UK-based deals. Neil, you also mentioned recently on the Nordic Web that Nordics are well positioned to raise more money than London this year, which is it sounds insane.
0: Yeah, definitely. Actually, it's next year. This year they would draw level. But yeah, I mean, at the current growth rates, the Nordics would actually surpass London next year. Now, I don't believe personally that the Nordics will maintain that growth rate. But, you know, they say data doesn't lie. But at least the the data or the numbers suggest that that is the case at the moment. So I think the conclusion to draw away from this is that it's not just London who are raising more and more capital at such a rate. The Nordics are raising at a rate over 100%. So kind of really, I think it's like 115%. So way more than the 70% growth that London is seeing. So yeah, more than kind of saying that, yeah, you know, Nordics are going to be better than London or have more capital. I think the lesson from this is that London shouldn't get too carried away of itself because actually other places in Europe, and I would imagine that Germany is the same, are also raising more venture capital than ever before at a faster rate as well. So while, of course, it's great for London scene, great for the UK scene, that, that more and more money's coming in and there's been this huge growth, you have to look at the bigger picture as well and you have to look at Europe as a whole and you have to say, eh, you know, pretty average compared to to other places in Europe so that that would be kind of the lesson that I would draw from this so yeah while I do think it's it's kind of fantastic and and great for the scene but they have kind of raised so much money this year they're not that far ahead of everyone else these days especially compared to Berlin and Germany and to the Nordics in general in terms of the total amount and in terms of the way they're growing they're certainly not above these places either so yeah a little word of warning that although it may look rosy um they should also look at the wider picture
1: okay now turning our attention to TechStars, which released a map of over 300 of europe's angel investors so quick disclaimer for the listeners that don't know One of the tech.eu co-founders used to run Techstars in London. He doesn't anymore. But this article is actually completely independent of him. So Techstars Berlin released a map of over 300 European investors that typically invest in seed, Series A, or B rounds in Europe.
0: Yeah, I mean, these lists are really useful. There's another one going around as well, which is kind of crowdsourced, which also has kind of investors in Europe. I think it's great that Textiles have released this. I'm actually not too sure of the methodology behind it. I don't know if they included that in the list, but I certainly haven't read it yet if they did. But the one thing I would say about these type of lists is we do have to be careful kind of how active investors are, especially when it comes to angel investors who kind of say that they're active, but then they're not really. I mean, my definition of an active investor is someone who's invested in a certain geography or a certain vertical in the last 12 months. If they haven't done that in that country or that vertical, then I don't count them as an active investor in that area it may be a little harsh in terms of time frame. But for me, the most active investors do operate within those time frames. So, yeah, while the list is great, I would be kind of careful in, in, in terms of us thinking, yeah, that's 300 who kind of actively investing in Europe. So a little word of warning there. I think you do have to watch out for that.
1: Yeah, I think Techstars um, also has a collaborative spreadsheet that anyone can access to to actually see the full list of investors. But as far as geography goes, the largest concentration of investors are in London, London, Berlin, Paris, and Stockholm. So I think no real big surprises there. Germany actually surprised me quite a bit. They had a lot of investors based outside of Berlin in various cities. So people who look at the map can actually see almost every single German city seems to have a dot on it. And then obviously, there's also Israel that, that makes up quite a lot of the investment circle as well.
0: Yeah, I mean I was quite surprised about Germany as well. I came across this when I was in Berlin last year and kind of found out about all these investors that are that are outside Berlin as well and I definitely was also Surprised by that because you don't often hear about those, but there are some very active uh, investors in Germany who are based outside of Berlin. So it's good that they're kind of captured in this list as well because you think it's just Berlin. You know, the same way people look at the UK and often just thinks about London. Of course, there are investors, entrepreneurs, startups outside of these big capitals as well. So it's great that they've captured them as well. I do think in in terms of where the concentration is, although Stockholm has quite a few. This, you know, in in the Nordics in general, there's still kind of a lack of uh, domestic investors, perhaps in those other countries. But there's a very active investment scene there. but, But a lot of it comes from outside.
1: Yeah. And I think we'll also have to keep an eye on Eastern Europe and Southern Europe. So Spain, Italy, Portugal, that region to see the growth of investors in the upcoming years. So now we'll turn our attention to the person of the week who comes from a country that we don't often talk about on tech.eu, but maybe we should, country not to be ignored. So we're looking at Croatia's most active angel investor, and I really hope I don't butcher his name, Sasha. Svetojevic or Svetejevic. I'm going to say them both ways so hopefully people know who I'm speaking about. I actually met Sasha, which is the embarrassing part, when I went to Croatia in 2014 and we never got into the details of how to say his last name properly. But he is actively involved in Croatian business angel networks. He's the co-founder of Zagreb-based accelerator Zip. He's an investor in a handful of companies including the dating app Once, which I'm sure our listeners have definitely heard about, and Repsly, which is a Croatian startup that recently relocated to Boston and scored $1.25 in funding with some rather various uh, funds. He's also been on the board of some larger Croatian organizations and companies. He's even gotten involved on a political level with consumer protection and health with the European Commission. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that in many ways, he's almost like the Croatian Bren Hoberman. I really hope that they're both okay with that comparison, but when I look at his profile, that's really who he reminds me of in Croatia.
0: Well, that's not a bad comparison to make. So I, I, I'm sure that uh, Sasha would be happy about that. And by the sounds of, of what Sasha's doing as well, I'm sure Brent would be happy as well. So I think you're, you'll be all right there. But yeah, Croatia's an interesting place. I mean, if my memory serves me right, I think they got their first local VC fund set up there last year. So it is an area which is kind of still very early, I guess, in in many ways, but has potential especially if the, you know, active investors like Sasha around and VC funds are being set up, then it certainly makes you kind of want to look at the region and, and, and think about what's going on there. So uh, I think that, you know, over the next year or so, we've kind of Sasha, the new fund, etc, kind of being very active investing. Hopefully we'll hear more from Croatia.
1: Yeah, I think we'll definitely hear more from Croatia in, in the next coming months. Now let's discuss Estonia's e-citizen or e-resident system. Um, this made big news in Europe, A few years ago when it first came out, and I think we're going to dive into kind of what's the real deal or what has been the deal with it since. So Estonia, which is often kind of people jokingly call it Estonia for its uh, online and kind of digital success almost, launched an e-residency program at the end of 2014 which essentially allowed anyone in the world to apply to become an e-resident, meaning they could establish and run an online business in the country, digitally sign documents, pay taxes, conduct e-banking, a number of kind of business and online services that were made possible. And once they were kind of granted e-residency, they would be issued an e-residency card. I guess that makes sense. So a lot of people rushed to apply for this program. Slate.com reported last year in April that 1,400 e-residents had been kind of granted or initiated into this program with another 1,600 waiting. So pretty decent numbers for the first year at least. And this number has probably grown since But a lot of people, it seems, don't actually know what to do with their e-residency, and it appears to sound almost a lot better than it really is. So some of the articles that I've come across online have said in the headline, I'm an e-resident, now what? Kind of pointing to the fact that you need a physical address, a bank account, tax residency to do a lot of the activities you want to do in the country, and they're not automatically included in the deal and actually quite difficult to obtain. So... I guess my real question is, is this just fancy marketing that put Estonia on the map? I guess I'm wondering, Neil, like, did you consider applying for this? What have you heard about the program?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think to answer your question straight off the bat. Yeah, I think it is a, f- a fancy marketing campaign, to be honest with you. I haven't applied, even though I want to. But here's a, a kind of interesting thing about it all was I just the incentives just haven't been strong enough. For me to to be bothered to do it is is the the kind of the honest truth i 've had several opportunities to do it i 've even i 've even had a bus journey in Helsinki next to the guy who was heavily involved in kind of implementing the program uh, and kind of spent half an hour with him talking about it and I think it sounds great, but I still wasn 't motivated enough to go out of my way to go there the next day or to queue up or you know i 've had several opportunities, and I still haven 't done it. And I think that kind of tells you a lot about what is on offer. So for me, the the kind of the incentive just wasn't kind of level with the amount of effort that it was going to involve for me. And it is a small amount of effort, but still there is some effort involved. And actually, when you look at it, like you say, the tangible kind of benefits, other than the kind of the coolness of it or the novelty of it, you know, fairly few and far between, I would suggest, you know, it's incredibly easy for me to set up a company in the UK I may as well set one up in the UK rather than Estonia, for example, even if I'm a digital resident or e resident of Estonia, it may be a lack of kind of knowledge, perhaps maybe it's that I don't understand the benefits so much or we don't or or other people don't. And in fact, it is very beneficial. But If it is, I don't think that it's come across so well. And it always, to me, has come across as a kind of marketing play rather than a kind of beneficial thing for for other people in Europe or for the people that will apply.
1: Yes, and I think when we asked kind of around us, we mentioned this on Twitter a little bit, doesn't seem a lot of people can even pinpoint startups or businesses that have been able to benefit from this program so i guess i'm asking the question to our listeners if you know of anything that has come out of the e-residency system that we should be paying attention to please let us know and please let us know your thoughts as well maybe we're completely off the mark simply because we don't know everything that's gone into the program and come out of it
0: yeah and robin obviously found an editor at tech eu he's an E resident of Estonia. So perhaps we'll speak to him and get his opinion and report back and see what benefits he's had. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's about it for this week. We will be back next week. Of course, we're obviously on iTunes and SoundCloud. You know the drill by now. You can contact us on Twitter at Neil SW Murray or at Roxanne Vaza. It's at tech underscore EU. The website is clearly tech.eu. Please reach out. Give us your feedback on the Estonia issue or anything else that we've covered in this podcast if you have any suggestions for people or topics that we should be discussing in the future as well we'd love to hear from you but for now that's all so thanks Roxanne
1: thanks Neil